From Relay FM, this is virtual episode number 49. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, and Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and we're back. And we've got, of course, Mr. Federico Vatici. Hey, Federico, hey, welcome back from vac- vacation, my friend. I'm so excited, Mike, to be back. You've missed the show. Yeah, it was a long vacation. You know, I've been away for too long. Well, I, I did enjoy my vacation, but just at one point, I start to miss you. And our Aww. listeners. So I'm like, I gotta go back and I gotta talk to Mike. We gotta, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta talk to her together about video games. And so it's good to be back. I think we should start this week's episode uh, with some follow up from the last episode, which means this is going to be a spoiler warning. We're going to talk about Journey for a few minutes. So you might want to skip ahead. Um, for a few minutes until we get so, to the links, but we're going to talk about Journey because you hadn't finished the game and you were very sad about my experience. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to know what you thought of the final area or anything else you wanted to talk about in the game. Mm-hmm. So we're already starting with the emotional stuff, basically, okay. in this episode. Um, so I kept playing, like you said, and for for the, the, the most part of the game, I was alone. And it was beautiful, right? And I told you that it was beautiful. The mm-hmm. the, the graphics, the the music, it was. Uh, Did, had you done the level with the golden sand? Yeah, it was amazing. Like the 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 one from the side, right, where yeah. you slide, oh. and it's that was beautiful. And also another area that caught my attention was uh, when you arrive in this sort of village in the middle of the desert, and the sand turns kind of like rose gold or pink. It's it's yeah. an amazing effect. Yep. So the game was beautiful and. But I, I kept on like not getting the meaning of the game. Yep. So I get to the final section, right? And you, you, you see this mountain approaching and you go towards the mountain and suddenly the landscape turns to snow and there's a storm. There's like a lot of, you can see the thunderstorm in the, in the, in the background at the top of the mountain. You can see the snow. You can, there's a lot of wind. So as I'm approaching the, 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 the bottom of the, of the hill, I see another player. Oh, great. And I'm like, this is my moment. That's it. This is what Mike said. So, okay, I knew that it was another human being because I spoiled myself about that part. Um, so in, I didn't know what to do exactly. Like, it was kind of awkward. I just started kind of walking towards the, that person. Yep. And I hit the, the circle button to do the kind of, what, what's the name? The message? You, know, you the, call the, them. I, guess. I called I yeah. called him. And and the person the the, the other traveler uh, responded back. So it was kind of we were together, you know? Yep. Uh, we were like let's do this. So we start climbing the mountain together and as we go upwards uh, the wind increases and we need to take shelter behind the rocks so yep. we can continue our, our escalation, you know, towards the mountain. And it was so like this goes on and on for f- five minutes, mm-hmm. and the other person maybe kind of falls down because the the wind increases. So I wait for the other person, or maybe I help him, you know. Yeah. And so we wait and we struggle and we go up together. And every time there's a there's an area where there's no wind and there's no storm, it's kind of like relief. And together we we hit the circle button together, like in sort of we're happy, you know, to be mm-hmm. together and to be climbing this mountain together. So we go up and up and up for 10 minutes, I think it lasts. And I was thinking to myself how amazing it is that I'm playing with another person 
and there's no voice chat there's no you know bad language yep. there's no there's no it, it's super calm no and one's relaxed. trying to shoot you no no it's just we're walking together and we're experiencing things together and but there's also tension right because it's the final part of the game and it gets kind of scary not in the sense that it's a horror game but there's there's the the tension of going up there and the wind and you there's know an it's unknown. Gonna, there's an unknown and you know that it's going to end yep. you don't know how so we get to the very final part and this is after 10 to 15 minutes and we're all covered in snow and we're struggling basically we're not walking anymore yeah and the final portion of the hill is we're completely covered in snow the wind is super strong and I basically cannot walk anymore. Mm -hmm. The other person can, can walk. And it, it comes towards me. And we, I think we, 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 we were frozen at the end. We yeah. were frail and we couldn't walk. And together we fall onto the ground and we die yep. alongside each other. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was beautiful. That was like... It made me, at that point, I think I got the game. At least what it meant for me. And I understood what you meant by this game is open to interpretation. You can find whatever you want in the game. So well, maybe the massive difference is, right, I was alone when I died. You were not, right? So that's, no. the, that's a big difference in our experience of how the game went. You know? it, it made a huge difference for me, and, it, mm -hmm. and and I would say that it kind of saved the entire game for me because at that point, after those 15 minutes, I saw the game in a completely different light. And for me, because of that final part, and of course the ending, and you, you start to fly together. Uh, we even flew together, by the way. Oh, that's we, fantastic. That's, we that reached, sounds really amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. We flew together. We reached the the afterlife i would say together and we basically i lost the other traveler at the very end yeah. when you need to make the final jump and go towards the uh the light itself when you need to walk and but we were together also after and the other person because it uh, was already there so the other person waited for me so we could fly together <laughs> that was amazing yeah. but the meaning that i found in the game for me was a metaphor of life not not necessarily the afterlife and what comes after, but struggling together in a journey to get to, to the final to the final part of your life and to die together and to experience life together and all of the struggles and all of the you know the beautiful things and the beautiful landscapes. And sometimes you're alone and other times you're not alone and you're trying to figure out what to do and maybe you can figure out what to do in your life together with another person. And that was the meaning for me more than necessarily what comes after life how you go about your life, whether you're alone or whether you're with someone else. And growing all together, the final part of the game really encapsulates for me the, the idea of sharing your life with someone else, all the struggles and all the difficulties, and helping each other, and ultimately being all together and you know, reaching the, the end of your life together, knowing that you shared and experienced a journey, in fact, with someone else. That was the meaning that I found in the game. Yeah. At least what I want to see in the game. And I guess that that's such... Like everything that I said in the past episode about I, I don't understand why it's, this is about the afterlife. I don't I don't care about the, the afterlife. But when I experienced the final part in this way, it, ch it changed completely for me. And I'm so, so happy that I played this game and that, and that, I, and that I trusted you, Mike. 
I'm happy that you had a really valuable experience from it because yeah. I think that is what the game does. It like it, it is a real experience. It gives you a feeling of something. Like I, I really, really want to play again. Um, and because it's interesting, right? You had a completely different end to me, a completely different journey. We took from it different things. Like it is a, just a fantastic game, and I'm very pleased that you finished it and that you had. Uh, a worthwhile and meaningful exchange. So uh, you know about the idea of the game being spoiled because you know it's other people. Mm-hmm. I think it adds something to to yeah. know that they are. Oh yeah, other definitely. Humans. Like it adds another layer of I'm conscious about the fact that there's another person somewhere in the world. Could be in Germany. Could be in Italy. Could be in America. Could be God knows where. And this other person is struggling and is waiting for me yeah. as we climb this mountain and we go towards death together. That, yes, I totally. I agree. Like there's kindness in it. Yes. Yeah. All right, so there's... there you go. That's our journey discussion. Um, I'm pleased that you played it and I'm very happy that we both seem to enjoy it a lot. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for convincing me to, to keep on playing. Good. Shall we do some links? Yes. So I want to start off, actually. So in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to be at XOXO. You're going to be in America again. I'm going to be in America again. And one of the things that they do is called XOXO Arcade, where they bring a bunch of games. So I just wanted to tell you some of the games that will be there that I will be able to play or see. Okay. Donut County. Do you remember that game? It was on Offworld. Yeah, yeah. He plays a donut. Tacoma, which is from the Gone Home people. Yeah. Um, They have... Firewatch. Oh, man. We'll be there. Hyperlife Drifter. Yep. I hope I get to play Firewatch. Uh, Overland. And Below. Below. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. So hopefully they will be playable. And I'll these, be able to. All of these games in a single venue in a single day. Yep. They, well, it's in an, they have it in an evening. It's from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. On, on Friday, September 11th. Uh, so I will be doing, I will be playing a bunch of video games. That's amazing. I'm so jealous right now. Yep. You got to you got to document this entire experience, Mike. I will do my very best cuz these are games that we're really excited about. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to uh, Firewatch is what I'm aiming for the most to try and get to play. As, as soon as the venue opens, just go straight for Run the Firewatch, Firewatch line. <laughs> yep. I I really really want to play that game a lot, so I'm I'm very excited about that, so I'll be able to to report back about my experiences with some fantastic indie games in a couple of weeks. Fantastic, fantastic. Also, uh, um, Rami from Vlambia is speaking. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. He's one of the speakers. Nice. He's the one I'm actually most excited about at the moment. I can imagine. I mean... The guy's crazy and awesome. So get, hearing him talk about like independent creation, it's going to be cool. Really cool. Awesome. awesome. So a British goes to America to play video games. It's pretty much, it's pretty pretty much, much what, what I doing. do. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right, actually. Cool, cool. So I have more links for you, Mike. Go for it. The first one is kind of a follow-up to what we already talked about, about Dragon Quest XI. Uh, We have more screenshots, actually better screenshots, of both the 3DS version and the PlayStation 4 version. So the PS4 version is looking great, and I take back what I said about the Unreal Engine being, you know, kind of similar across all video games with the same color palettes and kind of 
uh, everything you know looks the same when when developers use this engine. It's super bright and colorful, and I like the style. And I think it's looking great in HD on the PS4. So I'm you know I'm excited. I'm officially excited about the console version. The 3DS version, we noted how the first screenshots that we saw and the first trailer that we saw used a dual perspective. So on the top screen, you would get the 3D game. On the bottom screen, you would get a 2D map. The week after that, we mentioned in our follow-up that according to a report by some video game blog, uh, the 2D map, so you can play the game simultaneously in 3D and 2D, was only available for the first portion of the game. But according to these new screenshots, that doesn't appear to be true. Because you can always see the game and the areas of the game in 3D and in 2D at the bottom, which I think looks super nice. And it's it's very it's a it's a very novel effect. It's you beautiful. Know? It is I think beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, and, and there's then, utility in it, right? Yeah, because you can see the game in 3D, but you can also see the top-down view perspective. It shows you like better, I guess, where you where you need to go, or maybe some details that you will lose in the 3D world. And mm-hmm. I think it looks really, really nice. And I'm hoping that it will be always available, not as the first article said that it's gonna be uh, limited to to only some areas. You can even see the world map in 3D and 2D. So I'm 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 excited about about this game. This has reminded me of something. Um, apparently, well, not apparently. I think it's next year, right? It's Pokemon's twentieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. I saw a link to Nintendo World Report, um, and they had like a little interview with uh, the Pokemon Company's international director of consumer marketing, J.C. Smith, mm-hmm. and he's teasing a lot, like that. There's going to be big stuff next year. Hmm. And what do you think it is? It will be a new game, and I think they'll tie that in. So, uh, the the follow up to X and Y, I reckon, like the full on game, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're going to tie that in. Uh, I think that's February is the twenty, yeah, February twenty seventh is twenty years. Um, I also I think that if they're going to do something to push Pokemon into the new generation, this would be the place to do it, mm-hmm. and it would be very very interesting to see an NX game announced in mm. February mm. for Pokemon. Um, there's like there's teases of this new type of Pokemon uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff. Like So I'm excited about it and I also feel horrifically old. Mm. 20 years for Pokemon. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember I told you the story of getting my first Pokemon game. I convinced my parents to go to Rome to buy the, the Game Boy Pokemon Red at a video game store yep. in, in, in the center of Rome. And I can't believe it's 20 years ago. <laughs> I got it for Christmas. Um, oh, yeah? That year, yep. I got Pokemon for Christmas. And I remember it's the only Christmas I've ever had where I didn't, sli- I didn't sleep all night. I stayed awake all night. I was so excited. I was so oh. excited because I was, like, I used to, I, like, it was a similar, like, I really took the Pokemon as a kid in a way that I don't think I experienced or have ever experienced anything else since so like the the excitement and interest that i had in pokemon was incredible like when the tv show began on uk tv it was another thing i remember it was on at like 9 a.m on a saturday morning and i woke up at 5 a.m i couldn't sleep so so excited to see the first episode 
like I remember, and then we've spoken about this before, right? Getting the guide to Red and Blue. I got it like a month before the game came out, and I memorized the entire thing. I used to sit and just draw Pokemon from the from the book, wow. and then when the game came, I just played it, like just played and played and played it. And I think that I that level of excitement and the way that I felt about that as a kid, I think, is why I continue to be so, uh, so like at up and like such a fan of Pokemon because mm-hmm. it's just never dropped that like I've, totally. I've always, it, that's always remained with me so I'm very excited for 20 years and I really really hope that they do something uh, big to celebrate it it's crazy to think that there's an entire generation of kids between us and the, the latest Pokemon yeah, games there are grown ups that <laughs> have only <laughs> ever like I've only ever known a world where the Pokemon games exist. Wow. So there you go. That's Let's take good. a break. Let's take a break. Yes. And we'll do some more links. This episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck or chained to your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting. If you're not feeling too great and you don't want to go into the office, you can maybe sit at home and then you can look at your internet at home, maybe from bed in your pajamas. Or maybe it's just a really nice day and everybody wants to work outside from their iPads. You can do all of this of Igloo because Igloo's platform is built to be accessed from the internet. Right, You don't have to be chained to a corporate office using a very specific computer with a specific login just to be able to get to your intranet. You can use Igloo wherever you are. They put responsive design right at the heart of the platform so it looks fantastic everywhere. All the changes that you make with their fantastic drag and drop interface, all the colors and branding that you put on it, they translate everywhere. You don't have to look at something that looks horrible on the devices you're looking at because Igloo put design at the core of their product. They really care about it. They want your uh, igloo, your intranet, to look fantastic, to operate fantastically, and to work in the ways that you're used to. They have microblogs. They have great calendar stuff. They have everything that you're going to need. And you can set this all up to work with different teams and to work in the ways that they want. Everybody can comment on anything and stuff like that. It works the way that you want the internet to work, but it's actually the internet that you have for your company. It's very special. Also, they integrate with services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox. So you don't have to see your company's documents being spread all over the place and different services and systems that they shouldn't be. Everybody can have their files all in one place. And of course, they have a great document preview engine of their own so everyone can collaborate on documents and see who has seen them with red receipts as well it's time to break away from the internet you hate go and sign up for igloo right now and you can try it out for free totally free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want so if you have a small team it's free forever it's go sign up right now at igloosoftware.com virtual thank you so much to igloo for the continued support of this show so what else have you got for me my friend <laughs> All of the people are going crazy with Mario Maker. Oh, I can't. It feels like Mario Maker's been out for a year already for the amount of stuff that I keep seeing about it. It's, it is crazy. So we we have a Flappy Bird level. Someone made this. a Flappy Bird level. You can you can you can play as Mario, kind of like Flappy Bird. There's green pipes. Um, there's all. It's it's crazy. So I have a few links for um. Three links, actually, for Mario Maker-related news and levels. So Flappy Bird, um, you can make music with Mario Maker. You can assign sound effects to blocks and objects. You can record your own sounds, and you can play the level, you know, with this other kind of music perspective. And Polygon already has 
a collection of the best custom levels made by people for Mario Maker. So there's all you can you can watch all of the videos about these levels to get an idea of what it's gonna be possible using Mario Maker. And I wanted to to briefly talk to you, Mike, about this. Do you think, given the lack of Minecraft on Nintendo's platform, although the Minecraft story mode is coming to Wii U, do you think Mario Maker has the potential to be Nintendo's own, you know, smaller, of course, little Minecraft? I have three words for you. Mm-hmm. Little Big Planet. Hmm. This like this is Little Big Planet. That's that. that hmm. And Little Big Planet is not a phenomenon. It's a popular a, game. It's a great point. But it's not a phenomenon. And Mario Maker will be the same. I cannot see it happening. Minecraft is as big as it is now because you can get it everywhere. Like Mario Maker should be an iPad game. It's perfect. That's yeah. No, I agree. I was going to say, Mario Maker has incredible potential to let people kind of get creative, express their creativity with levels and, you know, game design and yep. try different ideas. And maybe I, you can see music, uh, levels inspired by other games. But ultimately, it's just on the Nintendo Wii U, which is not a great... No. I mean, it is a great console, but it's not a huge platform. No to kind of gain traction, you know, among millions and millions of people as Minecraft did. It can be the kind of the Minecraft of the, of the Wii U, but there's no, it's not fair to call it that way because Minecraft is such a huge, huge thing. And this is just a Mario game on the Wii U. Although it is, it gives you a lot of creativity, a lot of freedom and, you know, all these crazy tools to make super weird and odd levels but it's just on the Wii U. I agree that it would be interesting to see some kind of iPad version. Did you I think, see that? I think that it, not necessarily this game, but something like this, like the level creation yeah. stuff. Yeah. Did you see that um, in the the Pokemon Shuffle um, game came out on iOS, at least in Japan. I saw people tweeting yeah, that it was out in Japan. It's not out here yet. Well, not that I've seen. And the game on iOS, on the iPhone, has some basic... Um, kind of communication features with the 3DS version. So I think if you unlock uh, items or maybe make progress in the iOS game, you can do the same in the 3DS game. I'm How not sure because that? I'm not sure because the screenshot was in Japanese. That but doesn't I sound saw, right to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, we gotta investigate. Yeah, Mike. Because it fe- how you know maybe you yeah. sign in with your Nintendo Network ID. Maybe they give you some kind of code that you can use. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. We got to investigate that then. Yeah. Try to find out more about yeah. this integration. So the next link makes me really, really sad. Uh, <laughs> it's a concept video of what a Metroid game would look like in HD. So we're talking about a real Metroid game, not the, you know, Federation Force game for the 3DS. So a fan of Metroid using the Unreal Engine 4, uh, of course, it's used by everyone who wants to make these these concept videos, made a Metroid demo. And it looks very much like a like a modern Unreal Engine game. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about when I when I say that Unreal Engine games look all the same. Yeah. So it's the kind of the colors that you can expect from this kind of game, the lightning effects, the textures. It looks fantastic. I don't know if Nintendo would go with this 
kind of artistic direction for a new Metroid game. It looks very realistic. But still, watching this video makes me sad because it's not going to happen anytime soon. Fundamentally, and... this is what Nintendo should be making. This looks incredible. They should be making this. Not necessarily this version, right? But they need to be making games that look like this. If some somebody can make one, like this little demo thing, there should be a real game. What what's really what's really sad is that there's a higher chance of getting Metroid inspired games that look like this demo on, on Xbox yep. and PlayStation yep. than getting get an HD Metroid yep. on a Nintendo console. It's really sad. Gosh, this looks incredible, doesn't it? It, it does. looks real. It looks real. The, the Unreal Engine 4, if you have a if you have a I think you can also try this demo if you have a PC that's powerful enough to run the demo, hmm. actually. So Is it Unreal like, Free now? Is it Unreal that's free? One of them's free, right? To try out like Unity, I think it's right. I don't know. And then you probably have to license it if you want to release a game. That's probably. what I assume. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Mike, tell me tell me about these amiibo news that we had. Oh, so yesterday as we record this the 27th game in the UK um, basically leaked accidentally that a Shovel Knight amiibo was coming but it looked kind of real but could have been fake right there wasn't enough about it that made it look like it was a definite Um, and then uh, in the evening because it's PAX right now and Nintendo were having a Nindies event Mm-hmm. Um, they announced that there is a Shovel Knight amiibo that is coming out. It's, the th- it's not the first third-party amiibo, but it's the first indie amiibo because Sega nice. obviously had yeah. theirs with Sonic, for example. But I want to read this little quote for you that came from, comes from a Polygon article. The Shovel Knight amiibo is a promise of what's to come, according to Damon Baker, senior marketing manager for publisher and... De- Uh, for publisher and developer relations at Nintendo of America. It will unlock exclusive features in the Wii U and 3DS versions of the game, including a co-op mode on Wii U, making it the only version of Shovel Knight with two-player co-op, and an exclusive challenge mode on both platforms. Baker also said there will be more Yacht Club and Shovel Knight content coming to Nintendo platforms in the future, and the Amiibo will be compatible with all Yacht Club titles on Nintendo systems. Hmm. Two thoughts right away. They're using Amiibo as a paywall for additional features which is smart but also kind of scary and two i wouldn't be surprised to see shovel knight in super smash that was the original thing that people were thinking that it would come to super smash and i think that it will um because you'd be stupid not to do it now because they've made the amiibo for it uh it is interesting that the amiibo does unlock modes but what a great way to do dlc yeah because you'd be paying for it for dlc right so I don't think it's an issue. You just buy the little figure guy. You get a little figure guy, I and you also awesome. get the, and you also get the additional stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it is a nice idea. I do wonder if all DLCs eventually on Nintendo consoles will be, you know, available through an amiibo. Like, can you? No, because it's an exclusive features. You you can't just download and pay for these features. You gotta buy the little figurine. It. I don't know. I expect that there might be a way to get them. Um. But they haven't announced that. But I will be buying that little Shovel Knight guy because it looks awesome. (laughs) Also, they announced yesterday that Kerbal Space Program is coming to the Wii U as another Mm. Nindy, and it will also include extra features that other versions of the game doesn't have. Can you tell me what the deal is about Kerbal Space Program? I've never played it. 
Oh, it's just so you just know it's popular. I know what it, I know. It's like it's you build space stuff, and it's like all procedural, and it's kind of a bit Minecrafty, and you end up like building spaceships and stuff like that, and flying in space. Sounds like the game for Steven. It does actually? Yeah, I've, I've never played Kerbal Space Program. It's always been in my mind as one to try. Because I always see it brought up. It gets mentioned to me so much. Like when we were talking about video games on Cortex, everybody in the Reddit was talking about Kerbal Space Program. Hmm. Um, it's one It's one to think about. Maybe I'll give it a go when it's on Wii U. But it's interesting to see Nintendo finally, finally giving stuff to the indies. They must be doing something if uh, they're doing extra content. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is strange to see this kind of new Nintendo approaching the indies and actually doing not just conversions of existing games, but also giving them the tools and the, the ability to do more. So Amiibo, uh, you know, exclusive features. It's, it feels nice to see Nintendo doing this. And I wonder, like, we've seen with the PlayStation 4 and with the PS Vita many years ago, um, how the indie developers kind of filled in a gap uh, when big releases were not available. And I do wonder if the next major Nintendo consoles will also rely on indie developers to kind of provide gamers with smaller, but still awesome games while Nintendo is making the big stuff and maybe hopefully even third-party companies are making, you know, big name, big budget games. It's it's definitely a, a great thing to see, you know? I love indie games <laughs> and Shovel Knight is awesome. So I think, uh, I think I gotta get this Amiibo. You know, I'm waiting for... Waiting for my Mario Maker amiibo, so maybe next I will get I will get the the Shovel Knight. All right, Federico, let's take a second break, and then we've got we want to talk about YouTube gaming and a couple of games that we've been playing. How do, what do you think? Awesome. Okay, perfect. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com and use the code insert coin at checkout to get yourself 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can build yourself a website that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level, no coding required. With their intuitive and easy-to-use tools, you can make a website look and feel exactly how you want. Whether you know how to build websites or not, this is just a fantastic way to get something up and out there super quickly and it's going to look fantastic because Squarespace have beautiful templates that are all professionally designed. They're going to make your site look great on every single device with their fantastic responsive design that's built into everything. And this is just another example of the state-of-the-art technology that Squarespace uses to power your site to ensure security and stability. Squarespace sites never go down. They're super awesome. They can withstand anything. Um, I've been very, very happy with every single Squarespace site I've ever used and they are indeed trusted by millions of other people around the world world with a bunch of big brands and companies as well and one of the things people love about squarespace is their support and it's easy to see why they have 24 7 live live support chat and email right so they're right there to help you at any time they have teams located in new york dublin and portland they're standing by to take your call they also have their commerce platform squarespace can help you sell physical goods, digital goods. They're super awesome with that. We use them at Relay. It makes it so easy to track our inventory, track our sales. It does all of the order processing for us. The features there are next to none. They're just superb. I love them. Those who have their cover page stuff to build a great looking single page website. And you can also use their dev platform to stretch Squarespace even further so you can get in there under the hood and tinker around if you want. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get yourself a free domain 
domain name as well. You can start a trial right now with no credit card required and build your website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insertcoin to get not only 10% off your first purchase, but also to show your support for virtual. Thank you so much to Squarespace for helping out today. Squarespace, build it beautiful. YouTube Gaming. It launched this week, finally. It did indeed. So you've been playing with it? Yeah. I I I only used it on my iPad. Actually, uh-huh. I I downloaded the app from the App Store and I and I spent quite a few hours just watching videos, digging through the app and kind of wanted to talk to you about it because I have two two main thoughts. First, there's a lot of stuff going on and the interface is kind of busy and it can be confusing, I think, at least initially. But two, this looks really smart to me from YouTube to to put together all this gaming content in a single place and to kind of move away from the main YouTube app, which is primarily just, you know, uh, everything else and search. This other one is just for video games, but it's just so much nicer when, like, all the details and all the, the, the you know, the, the choices that they made. So I kind of wanted to ask you, what do you think of the of the app itself or the website, whatever, like... It's a bit of a of a of a confusing yeah. front page. Right? I I opened the app a few times and I just don't know what to do. There's video playing already, and I'm like, well, I already subscribed to a few channels, but they don't carry over. I don't know, man. I I don't know how I feel about about this. Whoop! Now I've just started Google now. Um, I'm not sure. I I don't think I've played around of it enough to to really kind of have a full view on it. Um, but it feels a bit confusing to me. However, this is a very, very smart move and a smooth, a smooth, a move they should be making. YouTube needs to own gaming, mm. own it, like completely. But like right now, I'm confused because I'm going to Polygon and I can't press like a subscribe button or anything like that. I've just got like a little star. And I like I don't even know how to subscribe to channels. Like there's just this star that I pressed. Is that what does it? And now am I subscribed? And I can turn on notifications. Okay, I'll do that. You know, like there's it makes sense as like a separate thing, right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel connected to YouTube because it's not, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's it feels like it's it uses the YouTube backend, right? Yep. So you can search for videos that are also on YouTube. But they're kind of trying to kind of break away from YouTube and all of the video search that you do on YouTube, the, the, the channel management that you do on YouTube. They kind of want to, to offer, like, it is YouTube, but it's also separate from YouTube. And that's kind of weird, I, I guess. game ads playing now. So you're on the front page again. Well, no, I pressed the video. Well, I'll tell you what I like, how they, um, like, so there's videos here for Call of Duty, for example. Yeah. And you can press the Call of Duty artwork and it takes you to a specific game page for Call of Duty. Yes. That's my, my favorite part of the of this, of this service is that the front page launches and there's a bunch of live streams and I'm not sure how they're picked. Uh, then there's, like, highlights from your channels and on the left you have popular games and you can also create shortcuts for your favorite games. And that's quite messy because I would prefer to hide, you know, especially the popular games I don't care about, just let me see the games that I'm interested in. But what I do like a lot is that there being... Google is using the, the, the I guess, the machine learning kind of... Uh, 
technology that they have to recognize what game is being referenced in a video so video creators can have support for like tags so you can specifically mention what game is being referenced in a video but when you go to a to a game page so this is the best part of the service for me each game at least most of the games get a specific game page and, and each page has a few sections for different types of videos and those i believe are automatically ca categorized from youtube so you can see let's plays oh. you can you can watch reviews you can watch live streams you can watch trailers so youtube takes care of organizing all these different videos for each different game. I just found and a thing. If you go what? to channels, there's a button that says import from YouTube. Oh, and it see, brings up go. all the gaming channels that I subscribe to in YouTube. That should be, I feel like there should be an option the first time you start using the app. Yeah, it seems it's a little bit hidden. Yeah. But there's some, there's some channels in here that aren't gaming channels, but maybe they just have put that in their little thing. Yeah, then you like star them. I don't like the starring because that doesn't feel like anything from YouTube. Like that's like a whole that you don't do that. You don't star stuff. So that's that's a little bit confusing. Yeah. But I've starred a couple of games as well. Um yeah. all right. I mean I can, I I think that this will be awesome and I will totally be able to get on board of it. But right now I'm just trying to understand it. Because the thing is is we should be thinking about it as a news service, but we're thinking about it as YouTube. Yes. Which is impossible and not to do. And they were in a between a rock and a hard place, they had to call this YouTube gaming. Because they need they need the name recognition, the brand recognition, yeah. for it to be a success. Yeah. So I don't I don't begrudge them for the choice that they made, but it does for me anyway. Just adds a little bit of um, confusion as to mm -hmm. what what's happening. But mm -hmm. hey, I mean we love video games. I'm happy that they're doing it. I feel bad for Twitch and uh, may it rest in peace. I suppose. <laughs> Do you think it's gonna be a big problem for yeah, Twitch? Yeah. Yeah, it will be. It's going to kill them. Not dead, dead, but everyone's already put in what happens after Twitch onto YouTube. So yes. why not just do it all on YouTube? Yeah, and it's got so many nice features, such as uh, besides the ability to to permanently archive past live streams for uh, stream uh, watchers. Yep. So if you go there and you watch a live stream, you can rewind the stream yep. if you if you miss the, the the like the beginning of the show and that's super handy and i feel like every time i'm on twitch and i try to interact with the video player there's some sort of issue or error mm -hmm. and i'm never able to stream properly on twitch for some reason i i guess it's because i don't use flash on my on my mac and when i'm on my ipad of course there's no flash it just never works reliably for me instead youtube gaming the app the video stream stuff was decent for me, you know, it's it's the same quality of YouTube. I would prefer if I was able to say, okay, always load a live stream in 720p because, you know, my connection, whether I'm on Wi-Fi or on 4G supports HD and instead every time I got to switch the quality manually, uh, you know, for I think as a, as, a, as a consumer of live streams, it's, it offers better performance and, and, and features than Twitch. Yep. So I would guess that it's a, I would say that it's a problem, a big problem for Twitch. And that's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad because Twitch was the kind of, you know, the underdog of all these. And the darling, gaming. right? It just came out of nowhere because it was attached to another service. It ended up eating the service that it, you know, that it came from yeah. and, and that became the business. 
There is nothing to say that Twitch can't continue. However, it does. I don't think this looks good. This doesn't help them anyway. This no. is this no. is going to be a problem for them. I think. No, especially because, like you said, there's, there's already all sorts of content that game creators put up on YouTube, and when you combine the effect of YouTube being the destination for trailers, let's plays, reviews, and how tos, you know, all these other game-related content, and you combine that with the live streams, and you give each game proper organization with a page and with sections where users can go there and basically spend hours and hours just browsing through and watching videos, that's a big problem because that's time taken away from Twitch, which only does the live streams. And so Twitch may not die tomorrow, you know, because people will keep on using it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Twitch will double down on the kind of power user features for live streamers. So, so to, to provide live streamers better tools to for live streams and kind of the advanced features that maybe YouTube won't have. But in the long run, nobody wants to put up a live stream in, in two different places. I'm not even sure that you can. And nobody wants to put up a video in two places. So you don't see popular Vimeo u- users as popular as PewDiePie or other YouTubers, right? Vimeo is kind of used to be, you know, there used to be kind of a of a belief that Vimeo could be the next YouTube, but eventually it became just a website where you put up a, like a portfolio kind of uh, collection of videos, and everything else is on YouTube because it's incredibly, you know, popular and democratic in the way that anyone can upload an HD video to YouTube. And so I don't know. Maybe Twitch will become the Vimeo of live streams. Is that even possible? I don't know. That's a big problem. I think one of the things that is going to set YouTube gaming back for the time being, and, and I surprised when I haven't seen this already, is direct streaming from consoles like Twitch has. I thought that they would have that at launch, but that's not here yet. I think it's coming very soon, though. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect it would be. However, I thought that one of the reasons that they were waiting yeah. was because of that, but I haven't seen anything about it at all, so... We'll see how that goes, but I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice pun, Mike. Hey, should we play, talk about a couple of games? Yes. So the first one is Pac-Man. Uh, how do you say this? 256. 20, 256. Yep. So what do you think of these games? So it was done in collaboration with Namco and the, the Crossy Road guys. Yep. I love it. It's my, it's my jam right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's it's a it's a particular take on Pac-Man. It plays as an infinite vertical board of Pac-Man, and as you you need to you need to of course avoid the the ghosts, but you also need to collect coins and other power-ups, and you need to move vertically. You need to go up mm-hmm. because otherwise the bottom part of the screen glitches out and it kills you. Mm-hmm. And it's based on a, and it's based on, I think on a, on a glitch that occurred in the original Pac-Man after yep. level, uh, you know, to the end 20. of the game. Yeah. And so it's it's a clever combination of an of a, like a historical reference and the gameplay mechanic. And I wanted to ask you because you, you when when the game came out, you immediately said this to me. What do you think of the of the freemium uh, decision? They nailed it, and I can't believe that the Crossy Road guys were able to convince Namco Bandai to do it this way. I'm very surprised about it. So there's a few things that's going on here, right? 
Um, there's coins, and the coins you use to power up the power-ups, level up your power-ups. You collect the coins in games. You can also watch ads to get the coins. You can pay to get a coin doubler, right? So I did that, paid straight off, got a coin doubler, and you go through the game like that. Every time you get a game over, you lose a credit. You have six credits, and they refill over a period of time. When you first run out of credits, it pops up a little uh, dialogue, and it asks you, uh, gives you three options. Uh, you can either get a continue by watching an ad. You can get a temporary boost to 12 credits by paying 79 pence or unlimited credits for £6. That's in the UK. So you just pay unlimited credits. You play as much as you want. So they're doing the timed stuff, right, to to do whatever it is that you do, get people to watch ads, that kind of stuff. But they're also giving you an opt-out of it all, which I think is fantastic. So that's why I can't believe that they were able to convince Namco Bandai to let them do it this way. Because this isn't how the big game companies work anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, that is, probably... you would make more money the other way, right? But I loved yeah. it, so I paid what in total seven pounds for this game, and I've been playing it pretty much every day. I really, really, really enjoy it. The only thing I wish it would do is sync my progress between my iPad and yeah. my iPhone. But yeah. so many games these days don't even bother. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. It's right there. Just use iCloud. Yeah. You know, Game Center is built to do this yeah. I and mean, i don't know if it's i mean i'm sure it's very difficult but the feature no, is there the, for you to take care of especially with the new cloud kit stuff well, on I iOS for developers a universal game yeah. then make the saves transfer over it always drives me mad when that happens yeah. but yeah i'm a big yeah. fan of this game uh, the yeah. only thing i don't like is the uh this intro splash screen it's so ugly <laughs> With like the Namkai logos all over it. Very specific complaint. It's like they didn't even bother. You see it every time you open the game. It's just like, ah, oh, whatever. But yeah. this game was released so weirdly. So like a week before, two weeks before, they started doing press. And mm. they they t- explained, they said that the game was happening. Like, because I'd seen some rumblings of it, but I didn't know it was the Crossy Road guys. And then they started doing press, like Polygon did a big video thing with them where they did like a let's play and explained how the game was going to work. And then they just said coming soon or coming this summer. And then like a week later, it just dropped. Hmm. And they did one of of the smartest things I've seen for a video game release because it came out on Android and on iPhone. And when they tweeted about it, they're just like Pacman256.com. You clicked it and it opened the app store. So they were obviously just using the URL and then it just detects what platform you're on and just sends you to the store. Oh, it was nice. just smart the way that they did it because it just meant one link got them whoever it was to both stores. Yeah, yeah, that's very clever. Mm. I missed this uh, because I was on vacation. Yeah, I told so you about I, it. Yeah, yeah. And I downloaded the game on 4G because <laughs> so I, I really wanted to play the Worth game. It. And it's super fun. It and, I, and it's very... It's a good decision to trust the Crossroad guys from Namco's perspective, to do this game, to make this game for them. Because they know, they nailed the freemium aspect in Crossy Road over multiple updates, sure. But eventually, Crossy Road has, you know, has made millions of dollars for them. And so it's, it's, it is smart from these big companies to kind of... And it's kind of similar to what Nintendo is doing with Dina. They're using their own characters and games, but trusting another developer who has more expertise when it comes to monetizing and making mobile games to do the job for them, at least the most part. So I don't know the details, but... In the know. video that Polygon did, he was they were talking to... 
one of the guys, I can't see his name in this article, which is a shame. Uh, Matt Hall, there you go, one of the co-founders of Hipster Whale, the company that made Crossy Road and Mm. make this game. And he kind of said, like, you know, they're like, how did this come about? And he was like, we had a lot of offers and Pac-Man was the one that made the most sense to us. They will have had people just hammering on their door after Crossy Road. So they were in a power position, I think, which is probably why they were able to get what they wanted, maybe, if that's, I assume it's what they wanted, yeah. like to be able to do the opt-out freemium stuff, which they have in Crossy Road as well. Um, well, in Crossy Road, they don't have the timer, but there's a bunch of stuff you can do, and I think it's smart. I mean, I don't care if the timers are there as long as I can get away with them, and I don't mind paying a premium price to, to do that either, and I think that they nailed it. It's the right way to do it. Nice. I've nice. seen I've seen this this trend referred to. I think as slow gaming. What? I've been seeing devs talking about this recently because I follow slow a bunch of indie devs. Slow gaming when you have to wait for something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. makes sense. I, I only knew the term for uh, you know all these other different words that you see on the internet. Have you ever seen premium? Yeah, I've seen premium. When when you pay for a game, but also as in a purchases, Sk- Safari Two came out last night. I still have to play the game, but it's a three dollar game within a purchases. So that's a premium game, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's what slow gaming means. I bet it means something totally different. But hey, slow game. There's, there's a term for you. I can't really <laughs> I find didn't a know good, that. A Thank you, Mike. Yeah, there you go. So I, I aim to please. Hmm. Okay, so volume. So you've been playing this? Played a f- I've played a handful of levels. Now I okay, want to so start me, out. Because I need to, basically, I need to finish my review and then I'm going to play video games again, yeah. like console video games. So tell me because I'm super jealous. So I played a bit of it. I've, uh, I've played maybe for a couple of hours, not even that, and maybe an hour or two. So it starts off and the tutorial works well. Um, it's nicely focused. It helps you learn. Like there's jokes about not patronizing you. Like it's kind of... Uh, pieces out what you need to do and teaches you the mechanics. Uh, The overall graphic style of the game is really nice. Uh, I feel like there could be a little more polish in places. Some of the edges of things, especially when you do cutscenes, are really jagged. Um, But the overall feel and look of the game being so different and innovative, uh, I think forgives any of the the bad parts of it. The sound's really good in regards to the music. Like, when you get spotted by a guard, there's this beautiful opera music that begins. Um, But I can't talk about the sound without talking about the voiceovers. Yes. So we have a few characters, people in this game. There is uh, Lockley. The main character is uh, voiced by the YouTube star Charlie Mm Cool-like. And then there is Danny Wallace, who is the narrator for Thomas Was Alone, who I love, Mm -hmm. who plays uh, Alan, which is the computer. And then there's also Andy Serkis, who plays the main villain, but I haven't heard his voice yet. Mm -hmm. Danny Wallace does a fantastic performance, um, as always. He is very entertaining, very funny. The, The Charlie guy is really bad. No, really? He, to me, and I can't see anybody else talking about this, he sounds really flat. Like, he doesn't feel like he's putting anything into his performance at all. Um, mm. It feels like it was a smart business decision on Beatles' part because he is an incredibly famous YouTuber. But I think that it actually harms the game because mm. 
he is the person you hear from most and he sounds like he just doesn't give a crap. Like, mm. he's just phoning it in. Like, he's just standing it. Like, there was, like, this one scenario where, he like, something happened and, the, you know, the subtitle said, oh, my, and he goes, like, oh, my. No, that's not good. This is like stuff like that. He's just like he just talks like this all the time. It's like totally monotone. And then uh, uh, Danny Wallace is really giving it like he's like ah, oh, and he's just yeah. like. Mm. It's a real jarring thing to me that I don't mm. get. Um, also, the uh, my other problem with the game so far was I was maybe about five or six levels in and I had no idea what was happening. Like I just did have no grasp of the story. Like, uh, story-wise. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I'm, I was like, "Am I in a simulation? Am I still in the tutorial?" Like, it didn't feel like it did a good enough example. Like, it didn't do a good job of explaining the game because the way it starts is with a cutscene where you're in this big room as Lockley, and then all these guards come in, and then it goes like three days later or something like that, three hours later. So it goes mm. back in time, and you start playing through to that point again. And I had no idea what was happening. And then at about eight or nine levels in, they start to explain the story, or at least it started to make sense to me in that you are carrying out training missions that have been created by the computer that Andy Serkis' company, Gisborne, has created. Danny Wallace is the computer. It's like the mask that you put on your face. It's also a computer. The computer is generating the environments, and Lockley has kind of hacked it, so it will be doing it against... Like, the computer is doing it against its own will, but there's nothing it can do. It just keeps generating the environments. And you are carrying out training missions that are being broadcast across the internet, so people can carry out real crimes. So it's like a simulator of rooms and environments. And you're like sneaking through these rooms to pick up like treasure and things like that. So it's being broadcast to the internet so people can go to those real locations and steal stuff. So each level, each training thing is called a volume, which is where the name comes from. So the actual story is very smart but for me it took too long to explain what my motivation was in the game and i felt like i was i felt like i was in a tutorial for nine levels and the tutorial ended after two Mm. but all of this so i have some problems with this game um which is weird i mean it is weird because i've not seen this type of criticism elsewhere so maybe i missed something or maybe there's something i wasn't getting but the core stealth gameplay is fantastic. They have a great checkpoint system. The bugle, which is that gun, is fantastic. They have lockers like Metal Gear. They, you can whistle. Uh, you can very easily retry something. Like if you get spotted you just, and you get shot, you just go straight to the last quick point like that. There's no loading. You just go straight back. Uh, I will continue to play this game because the stealth gameplay is so great. Nice. My main problem remains so that I am frustrated with Lockley and his character, because I don't think it's portrayed well enough. And mm-hmm. there might be something that I'm missing that comes later in the game. I don't know. Or maybe he saves himself in some way, and it sounds great, but say about I'm about 11, 12 levels in, and I'm feeling like he doesn't care about it. So mm. It's a shame. It is a shame, because it's a fun game. I like it, but uh, there are, it's not perfect. Yeah. I still want to play it, so yeah. I trust you on the on a, on all on all counts of your criticism, Mike. But yeah. I want to try the gameplay because I'm not a stealth guy myself. But right. maybe this game is so good that I will like it. And I'm curious, you know. I like Mike Beatles' work on Thomas Was Alone was incredible for me. So I'm I'm curious to check it out. Cool. Thank you, Mike. No problem. I'm still trying to. F- I'm just trying to find someone who 
talks about the the, the characters in the way that I do. Like I feel like I'm missing something. Like everyone. I think I saw someone on Twitter, like one single individual, talking about this YouTuber guy that doesn't have you know a great performance in the voiceover. But I cannot remember when or who or how. Yeah, they talked about this. Yeah, because I think one of the things is people are completely focusing on the fact that Andy Circus is in the game. Yeah. So yeah. it seems to overshadow everyone else. Like all of the reviews that I'm finding don't even mention Charlie is so cool, like at all. Yeah. They just yeah, mention Andy Circus. Danny Wallace and Andy Circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It, which is weird. It is weird, but hey. What can what can I say? Maybe I have different tastes to other people. Maybe could be could be. Like you're a very peculiar voiceover. I've guy. just done like a search, like a find on four different reviews, uh, and nobody mentions Charlie. Is so cool. Like that's all. odd. That that is odd. Like he's a voice of the main character, but I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing. If you've played Volume and you have a different opinion to me, I would be very very interested to hear it because. I I feel like there's something that I'm missing here, and maybe you can help put it into place. May oh you know maybe if if you play further, tell me oh yeah it changes and there's a reason for it. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I think that about wraps up, Federico. Unless you have yeah. anything else today. No, um, I think I'm good, Mike. Also, we have a bunch of links as always, which you can find at relay.fm/virtual/forty-nine. You can find us both online. Uh, Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, and uh, thanks again to our sponsors Igloo and Squarespace and we'll be back next time till then say goodbye Federico Arrivederci